For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. I thought that this weekend was Labor Day, I guess, because I'm overly excited for a three-day weekend. Today, we are talking about my favorite subject, PR, um, and we have Ryan Evans from a company or a division of a company called Bite Size. PR. And I love the name, Ryan. That's why I had to have you on my show. Well, thank you, Cindy. Thanks so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. And you, this is part of a larger PR firm. Is it RAND? Actually, it's kind of a, a spinoff from RAND Media Group. So RAND Media Group is uh, a, more of a marketing firm in, in the sense that we manage you know, uh, paid media. So we do pay-per-click campaigns, uh, you know, display advertising, and that sort of thing. Uh, we also do SEO um, and social media marketing, that sort of thing. So we're a little bit different than a PR firm, although I think the whole PR marketing realm is kind of uh, melding together here every day. I think so, and I think that's why we have a lot to talk about and quite extemporaneously over the next two segments because um, I think PR has really, really changed a lot. And, um, you know, when you had, you know, contacted me, I, I did some research, and it looked like that it was originally sort of your, you know, 2.0 marketing firm, for lack of a better word. And then I, right. I was very fascinated with the fact that, you know, you had begun to market and launched, you know, um, what you call bite-sized PR, because I think that you really um, symbolize where PR is going. And for, you know, I've been a PR and marketing practitioner for too many years, just mm-hmm. too many years. So I came into the public relations field when there wasn't any internet marketing whatsoever. It wasn't an option. I mean, you know, you did your you did your paid advertising, you did your promotions, you did your press relations, you know, and there really wasn't a lot more that you can do than that. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything became, you know, internet oriented and things have really, really changed, and um, I'm glad that you're available to take advantage of those changes. So when you're doing a campaign, Ryan, um, tell, you know, what are you selling to your clients? Okay, let's say I'm a, let's say I'm a lawyer, because sure. I think this is a good example, and, you know, let me pick a kind of law. Let's say I'll, p- I'll try to pick something that is easy for everybody to understand because there's so many law specialties, but let's say family law. You know, okay. because, um, you know, a family lawyer is, you know, has a lot of things that they can talk about, particularly things that are in the news. Um, so, you know, how would you propose a campaign to them to get them a little PR for themselves? Sure. So, um, first I should say that a bite-sized PR is not at all a, a traditional PR firm, and, and even 
when I say traditional PR firm, I, I even mean it's not a PR firm, period. It's really more of a PR service. Okay. Uh, well, that's, and, that's still good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason that I make that, that important distinction is that PR firms do a lot traditionally. Like PR firms can help you with your branding. They can help you with your messaging. They can, you know, uh, uh, use their network to uh, get you a lot of places, and they provide a lot of value. Our firm doesn't do any of that, <laughs> okay? What we are doing is simply monitoring the prep for press inquiries. So if we had that client that was in family law, we'd say, okay, what is going on out there with services like Harrow and uh, Reporter Connection and Pitch Rate uh, and Twitter um, and some other places? What's going on on those uh, networks that is relevant to this client? So if we see something that is relevant to, say, family law, what we would do is actually watch out for that, and then when we see something, we would respond to it, okay? So we're not, for the most part, we're not actively going out and pitching um, uh, media, you know, just sort of out of the blue. For the most part, we're responding to requests that come in to us. And so the value that we provide is monitoring and responding, which, as you know, takes a long time. If you uh, are a, an attorney and you have a, a successful practice, for you to monitor all those services, and you really need to do it every day to find good opportunities. It takes way too much time, and it's just, it's, it, you can't hire for something like that. So that's where we come in and, and, and fill that void. And for us, so to give, put this in perspective, for responding to up to three pitches a month, we're charging $89. So it's not even, you know, it's not even in the realm of, like, kind of a PR retainer or anything like that. Oh, well, listen, but it's a really great strategy. Thank you for clarifying that. I was just sure. trying to do my periscoping and yeah. where you were, and you made that very, very clear, Ryan, and that's great. I, well, you know, what I will say is a lot of PR firms do offer that service, but they're right. a lot more expensive in their monthly retainer packages because of the other things that monthly traditional you know, that, that's, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, usually, I mean, we've never seen that you can get that, that service as a standalone offering. For, and really what we're trying to target is small businesses. So um, for folks that, you know, can't afford a PR firm, yeah, this is a good option. It's almost like do-it-yourself PR, except that you don't actually have to do it yourself. Um, we're, we're doing, you know, part of that for you. I, I think that's terrific. And, in fact, in the, you know, I might have, some people that might be great for you, but you know, great. you know the the th- some some potential clients, which is terrific collaboration. Yay! But um, <laughs> I I think also though it probably is a good introduction to these particular small businesses of you know search engine optimization, so that you know the larger services can be offered should they be able to spend more money. Um, you know, you get them excited about you know, uh, lead generation, because that's what it is. I mean, you're looking at what might be out there on Twitter, right. on Harrow, on ProfNet, whatever it might be, right? Right, yep. And, um, you know, if they get excited and they're happy with those results for that, you know, unbelievable price of $89 a month, you know, you might be able to introduce larger-scale campaigns to them in terms of the pay-per-click arena and other forms of 2.0, 3.0 marketing. Am I correct? Cindy, you are an insightful woman. That that is exactly right. Um, because you know, a lot of times people get into it and they say, "Oh, this is great," and now I need, now I want this, or you know, uh, 
I know I'm getting people to my website or I know I'm getting people interested and then they're just leaving because I don't have a professional presence or something. Now, what can I do about that? So you're right. There's a lot of synergy in terms of getting them interested and understanding the process and uh, and then getting them on board with other services that are, yeah, more expensive. <laughs> I know. Well, it is. I mean, you know what? You mentioned, is it okay for you to talk about the larger services? I mean, I know you're here sure. to talk about bite-sized oh, here. But, um, you know, I, I would love, since I have you, and, you know, I would, I would guess that, you know, your knowledge level is more advanced than others when it comes to pay-per-click campaigns. Can you talk about what that is? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can so, tell that you're getting excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I love talking about all this stuff, so anything is, is fair game. Um, so we do manage pay-per-click campaigns, and uh, so for people that don't know, uh, Google makes almost all their money on uh, sponsored ads. So when you do a Google search, uh, say to use the family law example, say someone is looking for a family lawyer uh, in Chicago, um, you put that search term in and you get all the normal sort of organic results. And then on the right-hand side and above the results, you would get what they called uh, sponsored ads. So those companies pay <coughs> excuse me, to be there for a given search query. So if I was a lawyer, <clears throat> excuse me, I might purchase, I might bid on words like uh, family law Chicago, and then when someone types in that search query, my ad would be shown alongside all the uh, other search queries. So the, the concept is very simple. Um, the execution of it is actually fairly simple to start, but it's also very easy to make mistakes on it um, because um, it's a fairly complex system. And Google kind of makes it complicated for good reason, but uh, you can actually, because you have to bid on the keywords, you can overpay for the keywords or you may not find the right keywords. Um, your ads can be written sloppily and not get the results that you need. It can be sent to a landing page. It doesn't convert very well. There's all kinds of problems sort of along, along the line, and it's a very competitive marketplace. So if you're a family lawyer, chances are, three or four or ten or twenty of your competitors have already thought of this, and they're running ads, and they've been doing it a while, so they're, they're probably having better results. Uh, so we help people manage sort of that process. All right. Well, no, that's great. And if you can, can you give an estimate of what the cost might be? I know, like, the scope is probably different for so many different people, so that might be right. a hard question, so you could answer it however you might answer it. But, sure. um you know, I'm going to actually, you know, use like a real case study as an example, and maybe we could discuss this. I, you know, let's see if we can do this. I yeah. recently um, did, handed up all marketing and promotion for an event called Open Borders, and okay. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it was um, born out of a landlord's passion and generosity and devotion to charity. Uh-huh. And that landlord you may have heard of, because I think you're here in L.A., am I correct? I'm in Chicago. Oh, good. Do you have a 310 number, though? Or do you have a 312? Oh, you do have a 312 number. That's right. I'm sorry. So you wouldn't know. It's Larry Jans. He's, um, you know, he's from the Jans family, and there's steps at UCLA named after him, and his father, his forefathers basically developed a lot of Los Angeles, okay? So he's Uh one of those real estate developing mogul guys, okay? So he had a property. One of his properties was the Open Borders Bookstore in Thousand Oaks, Mm -hmm. California. And he, as you know, borders went belly up and bankrupt, and they're liquidating all their stuff. So he had a new tenant coming in in 
this fall, but he didn't want to leave 40,000 square feet of space unused and unopened. Right. I mean, he just didn't want to waste that beautiful space. So he decided to do a summer music festival, which featured, you know, a minimum of 30 acts, and they were great acts. I mean, it was Jefferson Starship and Ozzy Motley and, I mean, and eclectic music all over the place for all musical tastes, from classical to rock to rap. I mean, they had the Grouch and the Eli, and I, it was just sort of crazy, and he brings me in, um, you know, four weeks beforehand because he realized that he needed some decent PR, right? Okay, sure. so it was just a... It was just a crazy nightmare. So there was a lot of social media, and when I say social media, I mean organic social media. We built, yep. um, you know, three thousand, you know, two to three thousand friends, you know, or likes on Facebook on the Open Borders page, um, which were all people in the community, and that was great because everybody was engaged in everything, right? And we did right. some traditional press too, um, you know, in the Thousand Oaks greater area, which is a little, a little off. Greater LA, okay, because there's special mm-hmm. newspapers in Ventura County and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we we were really doing great, but because we were so limited in our time for promotion, we wanted to do everything we possibly could to get people to buy tickets for each of these events that took place all weekend long. Right. So you know, it was really highly suggested to us that we start doing some pay-per-click advertising on Facebook because mm-hmm. we had you know 2,500 people who were engaged. And I'd love to hear from you, you know, how that works, why it did, I mean, it did work, but, you know, why that was sort of a logical suggestion from... So, uh, so Facebook and Google are, are very different animals in terms of, uh, in terms of pay-per-click campaigns or just platforms in general. Uh, Google is much more for people who are searching for something specific. And so if you... Um, have something like that, it's, it's a great platform for that. Facebook is a little bit different because people are there um, more socially. Um, they're not necessarily looking for anything in particular that just happened to be on Facebook. The beauty of Facebook, which is different from Google, is that um, it allows you to, from an advertising perspective, uh, target people by a, a few different important things. So geography, uh, is one of them, uh, uh, sex is another, relationship status, that sort of thing. But most importantly, uh, allows you to target by interest, okay? So what is compelling about that is that if you know that your target market is also happens to be uh, located in the L.A. area and is interested in a particular band, you can go and see if that band has a lot of likes on Facebook. If they do, you can use that as one of the targeting, uh, one of the, the ways that you can target people. So you could show your ad to people who like that particular band, okay? And then you could attract them to the music festival. And that's just one angle on it, right? It could be um, people who are interested in all kinds of things. It can be much more broad than that, or it can be more specific than that. But it is a nice way to target uh, folks in that way. And then once you've targeted them, it's a good way to engage them. So it's a good once they like your page, and if they make a comment on your page, you can engage them and talk to them. So the idea being that they can spread your message to their friends, and it, it accelerates word of mouth. That's that's kind of the beauty of of Facebook advertising, and why it probably was suggested to. Yeah, it was. It really did end up working. Um, and I, you know, I want to compliment 
you know, what you guys do because it was sort of like a duh, why didn't I think about this sooner? And, um, you know, because we had limited budgets because it was, you know, a charity event. So we'll talk more about that after the break, Ryan, and I appreciate you staying on. And now I have a better idea of, you know, the expertise, and I think we'll have fun. So don't go away. More about... More about Bite Size PR in just a minute after this break. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're with Ryan Evans, and he's with Bite Size PR, and we're having a great conversation about um, Internet marketing, 2.0 marketing, um, you know, how that overlaps a little bit with some good PR campaigns that can potentially work for um, service professionals, small businesses where large PR firms might be out of their scope, out of their budget, and, you know, it doesn't make sense. So, um, Ryan, you know, you're, you said that you were based in Chicago. You don't sound like you have a Chicago dialect. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm originally from Michigan, which is not, not too far from here. Um, you know, occasionally when I mention like a blog or something like that, it comes out. Oh yeah, there it was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I, I don't have too bad of a, a Chicago accent, although I, I think I pick up some uh, some of it here and there. Um, it's uh, it, it's fun. I spent so much time in Chicago because I was a division president for Playboy for 16 years. Right. And, um, right. I had to go, you know, into Lakeshore, into O'Hare, once a month. I mean, for a very, very long period of time. Yeah. And um, every time I hear a, chi- a Chicago dialect, I, it takes me right back there. And it's so distinct to me. Uh-huh. And um, there were often times if I was spending too much time in Chicago where we'd come back talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I just noticed that you didn't have one. So good for you. And even from Michigan, there's, there's no, you know, no Midwestern twang whatsoever. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, really. I mean, I mean my uh, 
I don't I either. I mean, it's. I, I think. I mean, I know we're going off topic right now, but since it's an interest, dialect and communication is always an interesting topic. It's. Um, it. It sounds to me like there was. It's a combination of real northern, like the Dakotas. You know, mm-hmm. like they spoke in Fargo, combined with a little southern that you get in Indiana, Kentucky. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's almost as if you know both of those lingual. Systems merged, and then you got your Chicago dialect. <laughs> that, that could be. That could be. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I, that could be. Uh, so it's, it's it's just always been an interesting an interesting thing for me. Okay, so we're going to go back to Facebook. You mentioned sure. that you know it's a very targeted way that a person could get the word out there. And you know, can you explain the costs and the rates? If you know, for a Facebook campaign, a pay per click campaign. How does sure. that work? Let's just take let's take away the fact of let's take away what your agency's fees might be, sure. okay? Or yeah. you know, let's just say, you know, clean Facebook, you know, pay per click campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say local event, so that way at least you have some kind of parameters and target, okay? Right. Um, and let's say let's you know we could use music, we could use you know, um, a fundraiser, I mean, whatever you think is easiest to describe, and how much that would cost. And I say event because then there's a finality to it. It's not ongoing. Your goal is to really get, you know, 500 people to an event and pay money for it, okay? So you're going to target, you're going to geo-target a specific area because it doesn't make sense to, um, you know, unless it's Burning Man, you're not going to get people coming in from other places. And how much would that typically cost if you're going after people who like certain things in, you know, let's say a two-month period of time to get people to pay money to go to an event? Sure. So the the beauty of those those platforms, uh, Facebook and Google, is that they are, Extraordinarily scalable. Um, so what that means is you could start off for, I mean, you could literally pay a couple hundred dollars in a month, or I mean, you could pay, you know, twenty, forty, hundred thousand dollars in a month. Um, so the, it is kind of available to anybody. Now to do it well and to do it right, I mean, usually you have to have some expertise. But if you have that expertise, you can you can do it. You know, starting at a very small amount of money. Now, obviously, your traffic comes in proportion to the amount that you spend, so you have to keep that in mind because it is you're paying on a per click basis. Uh, so it kind of is is what it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. You know, if you need tens of thousands of people uh, there, you're going to have to spend more money. Um, I will say this for for an event um, and if something that somewhat has like a finite time, I don't know that uh, pay per click is going to be a major component of your campaign. Frankly. Uh, because you would have to have a, a, a relatively large amount of search traffic around some sort of similar concept in order for that to be effective on Google. Okay, uh, Facebook, you could is it, a little bit different. You can you know show it to a lot more people, and it doesn't have to be quite as specific. But for Google's pay per click ads, it sort of it, it would be. Um, so it's really hard to say now. To give you more a little more precise numbers, I'm basically saying anything. Um, in order to get sort of a Facebook uh, click, okay, it's fairly reasonable to see something between you know a dollar and, a, and or a couple dollars per kind of per click basis. So that gives you kind of an idea of what the you know what the cost would be. So if you want, say you're paying a dollar fifty a click, 
you want 150 people to your site, it's going to cost you 100 bucks. Um, and it, it scales sort of uh, proportionally to that. Um, so does that give you some sort of Yeah, idea? no, it does. Um, you know, because of the service professionals that listen to the show, so you're reaching a good audience. There's quite a few of them. Yeah. I, I don't think they have a clue. They know, you know, a lot of them just really don't understand the difference between organic marketing and, you know, and, you know, sponsored market. Right. They, you know, they, they haven't, they're not in a business where they had to be in a place to differentiate. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, that's why what you're saying is somewhat helpful. Um, I always say to them, you know, if you're buying an ad in, you know, because there's a lot of lawyers, if you're buying mm-hmm. an ad in California Lawyer Magazine or if you're buying an ad in the San Fernando Valley Business Journal or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're buying an ad in a conventional newspaper, you know, you you understand that you're going to have to reserve a space and, you know, pay a certain amount of money for that space, but it's guaranteed and you know how it's going to go and, you know, it's yours. It's a a street sign that you're purchasing. Um, You know, whereas in more organic social media campaigns, um, you know, you're you're paying for labor, you're paying for people to content build for you, and you're paying for people to connect you with who might be the right likers or the right followers or whatever the case may be. Right. And, um, you know, you're really just paying for labor services on your behalf. You could hire an assistant to do that for you if you wanted to, but, you know, it's probably better off going to a firm that has some experience with it, right? So Yeah. I, I mean, organic, what, what is funny to me about organic marketing is that it is the most free, it, it is the most expensive free marketing that there is. But that's very well said because you do have to you unless you're doing it yourself. Yep. I mean, you do have to expend some dollars on labor. It doesn't have to be. It's it's probably the most cost. It's probably the most cost friendly entry mm-hmm. into you know the the PR traditional PR field right. because you know most PR firms are charging you know the lowest prices or social media firms you know. Are, are charging prices that are somewhat affordable. You know what I mean? Because they they're just having virtual people do it for them. <laughs> well, here's here. I, I want to make it. I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty opinionated on this. On no, well, topic. please. So, you have you have all you you have. This is your platform, so yeah. I want your point of view. I'm only putting things out there, not as statements, but sure. You know, as as you know, points to be argued. So please, yeah, argue everything away. You're saying, everything you're saying is true. But here's the, here's sort of the the issue. Okay, uh, everyone looks at Twitter and Facebook and they say, "Oh, perfect, free marketing, right?" Well, again, it's one of those things where if you thought of that, so have a hundred people. No, actually, a million people have thought of that. And so, because of that, because these platforms are quote unquote free, anyone can get on there and start cranking out content. Because of that, though, um, the people who participate in these networks um, have a very good filter for crappy content. So if you're um, producing things or creating things that have no value, you're going to get zero attention. So it's going to be a complete waste of time. So while you can get someone to do this who, you know, just says stuff, it doesn't really help you. And it's also, you mentioned, you know, getting attention from influencers. You know, you have to understand on these social networks, there are people who you should be making a priority to communicate with and interact with. And if you don't have the tools or the knowledge or the understanding of how to approach those people and how to sort of find them, first of all, and then second of all, interact with them in a way that makes sense, you're going to have a big problem. So you're going to be on there 
and you're going to tweet, and it's either going to have no value or it's going to backfire. And so while, yes, you can, you know, hire an intern, this is the thing I hear most often people saying, hire some young intern. That's fine, but it's probably not going to get the results that you want. Uh, unless you, you know, unless somebody is there to coach the intern, you know, sure. on how to do that correctly. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. If, if they have, if, if there's some sort of, um, you know, hand holding, especially in the beginning, and um, you know, explaining sort of how this works, who you're trying to communicate with, what your message is, uh, what you're trying to accomplish, um, then that can work. Um, but I think it's it's one of those big misconceptions is that people think, well, you know, it's it's free, so this is great. I'm just going to be, I'm going to have all these leads from Twitter without putting in any, any effort. And that's just not the way it works. Ryan, I have a side question for you. Are you able sure. to stay on for about another seven minutes? Of course, yeah. Okay, great. Because, you know, again, when I, when we were communicating via email, I didn't, I didn't realize the depth of your expertise. And, you know, now that, I've learned that you are, um, an, you know, sort of an internet marketing 2.0 marketing guru. I, mm-hmm. you know, that opens up the topic to so many other things because now sure. we have two minutes left to this segment, and I wanna, I, I think this, this area that we're touching upon about the right way to do organic social media and the mm-hmm. wrong way to do it is something that my listeners are really, really going to want to hear about. Um, you know, so if you could stay on for another segment, that would be just terrific. I, Happy to do it. Good, good. Well, we have, we're going to take a commercial break now, and we're going to come back with Ryan Evans, and we're talking about, you know, do's and don'ts now of Internet marketing, and, you know, Ryan seems to be the guy, so don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back in our last segment with Ryan Evans from Bite Size PR, and we're really having a really great discussion 
about Internet marketing, what works, what doesn't work, why you have to be careful, why you should hire you know, pros who know how to do it instead of trying to do it on your own because otherwise it could just be a waste of time. Um, you know, and Ryan's been tremendously helpful. So if you haven't heard the first two segments, please go back and listen to what Ryan Evans has to say from Bite Size PR. So, Ryan, I'm going to go back to, um, you know, the difference between just flattering content and talking to no one and, you know, making results happen. And I'm going to throw out at you, you know, another recent case study where I, where I think it, it worked, uh, you know, um, because the systems were set up right. But there was no way that a PR firm or a social media, you know, a, you know, a traditional PR firm, maybe a social media firm has the capabilities depending on how they're staffed. But um, we, couldn't, we can't do this without a partner that knows search engine optimization. So if there are PR firms out there that are saying that we could optimize your site by doing content provision for social media platforms, that's not necessarily the right answer. Um, but in a case where we're launch, where our firm, you know, BR Public Relations is hired to launch a website, let's just say mm-hmm. for the sake of argument, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the content smattering on Facebook and Twitter works when you're working with you know, an SEO professional, and they know how to turn those organic mentions and, in, and conversation engagements into traffic that comes back to the website. So you need to partner with somebody that really knows how to work the, the back of what they call the back end of the Internet. Am I correct? Well, so we we also do search engine optimization. So, and I I think you know, kind of as we alluded to earlier, all this stuff is kind of becoming one. So it, it's there's there's a lot of overlap between all these things. Um, here's here's the the how SEO works. Um, Google's job is to find the best content online. Okay, so if you're not the best content online, you're sort of fighting against Google. All right. So there are tips and tricks and stuff that you can do in the short term to sort of game the system a little bit. But over the long run, you want to provide the best content for people searching for that content. That means a lot of different things, okay? And I'm not going to get into all all of what that means. But Google determines what the best content is by a few fairly basic things. One, what's the content on the page? What are actually the words on the page? And two, who is linking to your page and how relevant um, is that page that's linking to you, and how um, credible is it? So if you have a lot of credible, relevant links to your site, um, you will rank better for certain keywords than, than other people. So the whole idea here is to create good content and to build a community around that content that's getting links and getting attention and, and whatever. And that's in, a lot of times a, more of a broader uh, sort of marketing effort where you can leverage social media and you can leverage some paid stuff and you can do events and you can do a lot of different things to sort of to do that. But that's kind of the gist of, of SEO. The technical aspect of it, I think, is becoming less and less important every day. The technical aspect of it, it's more, um, so it's more the commentary and the keyword element of it is what you're saying. It's, it's more understanding what people are searching for and providing them the content um, that, that satisfies their search query very well. You know, so if you write 
the best piece about music festivals or something in the world and you have a good you know, community around music festivals and stuff, you're more likely to rank for that than someone who's, you know, employing, like, tricks that don't work anymore, like submitting to a bunch of directories and, you know, doing all these different things. So that's essentially kind of, you know, that that's the, the crux of STL. Well, that's why, that, that's why traditional PR is a good partner for you, Ryan, because if you have, you know, if you're working with a PR firm that has really great traditional press contacts and they actually get stories in the media like the New York Times or Fox TV News or whatever it might be, it's going to rank higher because of the credibility factors that these, you know, um, traditional publications have, right? I mean, That's right. That's right. Okay, that's, so yeah, I mean, of... what we saw with the music festival that I talked about in the prior segments is when the LA Times organically wrote that it was their music critics' choice for the summer, the most eclectic mix of music in the Southland. Right. I mean, that was really in the LA Times. Okay, so yep. what it, it just kept on getting picked up over and over and over again. Um, the website was listed because you know. It was the easiest way for people to purchase tickets. So people naturally went to the website and bought tickets because they were seeing it on Google. Right. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, that's the thing that, you know, you can certainly optimize your efforts and be smart about them, and that's where SEO, you know, firms can provide value. But at the heart of the matter, it's about generating attention online. And so you're right. If, if the New York Times writes about you or any other incredible newspaper that's big, and they put it online and give you a link, it's going to help your SEO efforts whether you know anything about SEO or not. No, it, 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 so that's why I think that, you know, marketers should understand that, you know, traditional PR, which is changing, I mean, it's really, really changing. I thought, you know, I mean, it's it's very, very different than it used to be. If you don't understand the Internet and you're a, tradi- a traditional publicist, you're in trouble. You know what sure. I mean? Because you're you're losing out on so many more opportunities. But that's where a traditional PR firm or a traditional publicist could partner with a firm like yours to make sure that people have you know you know maximum impact and amplification. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that's really really important. And um, you know, it, again, I'm just because I just learned the internet literally like five or six years ago. I mean, you know, because I was just a traditional marketer, you know. I didn't grow up with the Internet. I didn't grow up with a laptop in my playpen, okay. I, you know, I just came into this because I'm a marketer that had to learn it because retirement didn't look to be in the immediate future. So, um, you know, it's, um, you can't, I don't think that you could really, it's very hard to operate as a marketer or, or, you know, an old school PR person if you don't have either the knowledge or the partnership with somebody mm-hmm. that does what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It, it really, marketing comes down to, you know, communicating with a certain group of people. So it's communicating with your target market. And you, the way that you do that depends on what, what, what communication tools they're using. So if your target market is just reading the newspaper, then that's fine. Or if they're just reading magazines and, and they're not online, then that's fine. But the reality of the world today is that there are less and less of those people and more and more people online in a million different ways. You know, millions, hundreds of millions of people on Facebook and on Twitter engaging in different platforms and segmenting themselves in, in different ways. And so 
Yeah, marketing is about understanding that process and how to communicate with, with people. Oh, that's great. What do you think about Twitter? I mean, do you, you know? Are, do you, do you think it's overstated? Do you do you use it in your online campaigns? I, I know that's a very broad question because no, we're we, talking about we love Twitter. we love Twitter, and I think it's I think it's one of the most important tools that a lot of businesses can can uh, can use. And uh, is it because of its you know its speed? Um, why you know why is it the best for businesses rather than let's say Facebook? A um, couple of reasons. Well, it depends on, I will qualify that. It definitely does depend on the nature of your business. Uh, but here's what Twitter does. It, Twitter is an instant communication uh, platform, and it is one of those uh, very few places that people um, group themselves in, in ways that you can identify. Um, and you can also communicate directly with people. Okay? So... For example, if I wanted to find people who are interested in gardening on Twitter, like I could find those people. Fast, to, right? Yeah, very, very quickly. And um, if I wanted to find out who were key influencers in uh, sort of the gardening industry, I can find those influencers. And I can actually then communicate with them in just directly and say, you know, whatever I wanted. Now, it has to be appropriate. That's the thing a lot of people don't understand. You have to know how to approach folks and how to communicate with the sort of etiquette that's expected, but all that is possible. Facebook is uh, much more walled off because Facebook is, you know, they want to, they need to make their money and they need to, you know, uh, protect people and that sort of thing, but Twitter is a different ballgame. It's open and um, you can find people uh, in, in all corners of the world that know things about any any topic you can you can possibly imagine. Okay, so let me ask a question. When you say Facebook is more walled off, I don't you know I don't understand. I, I don't quite understand the difference. If you could try yeah. it. So let's say that you wanted to find uh, let's say you wanted to find twenty gardening experts. Okay, you can find those on Twitter, but uh, with Facebook it would be much more of a challenge not just to find them but also to interact with them. Okay. Um, you know, so if you wanted to talk to those experts on Twitter, you can do that. They may or may not talk back to you, but <clears throat> chances are they will if you do it right. Um, on, on Facebook, you you can't do that. You know, they're, they're more, would they, you say that they're more discerning on Facebook then? Well, it's just the fact that you can't reach out to those people. You can't. Okay. You know, you 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 can do a search and find certain things, but you can't actually say, "Hey, you know, I love what you're doing." You know, um, and just conversation. Uh, there, so there's, I think what you're trying to say, if I'm hearing you correctly, is there's less barriers on Twitter? There are, right, there are less barriers and people, the social graph is essentially open on Twitter, okay? So you can do that. So you can say, um, hey, I want to find people who are, you know, following the gardening influencers, for example. And you can pull down a whole list of people to do that and you can start communicating with those. That is not that option is not available on Facebook. No, well, no, I think that's a very good distinction. Although um, it looks like Facebook is trying to get a little bit more business oriented with promotions of websites that you could have on Facebook and the business pages, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that they're trying to open up the barriers a little bit for service professionals. I don't think that they're quite where Twitter is because it's completely open if you use the right kind of engaging dialogue. 
Right. Um, I, I think the, the difference just comes down to their business model. I mean, Facebook is trying to charge you for access to those people through their, their ads that we just talked about. Twitter hasn't, I don't know that they totally have their business model figured out yet. Yeah, I know. When are they ever going to? (laughs) Yeah, they're working on it. I mean, they have so much traffic that they, it would be very hard for them, I think, to screw up their business at this point. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, you know, I think with Twitter right now, it's all about size and numbers and speed. And, you know, one day they'll figure out a way to, you know, you know, add um, monetization strategies I, I think right now it's really you know you can buy ads or promotions on Twitter um, right. you know and I think that they'll probably build that part up a little bit but in ending this show Ryan I my theory and I want you to you know argue with this however you will I, I think one day there's going to be subscription charges for Twitter and for Facebook I, you know one day I think that's the last thing they're going to do because they don't want to put the burden on the subscriber but, you know, in terms of monetization, I, I just see that as part of the future. Do you agree, disagree, or? Uh, no, I don't agree, actually. No, it's um, okay. I, I don't. So the reason that those, those platforms have the incredible value that they do, the reason that investors are valuing Facebook upwards of, you know, 80 or $100 billion or whatever it's up to now, is because of the, net, the enormous network effect that it has. You know, having 700 million people on your network is, is something that just has never been done in the world before. By charging and, say, cutting out half of that or even, you know, two-thirds of that would destroy the value that they have. So they have to figure out something else, um, some other way to make money. There's a million ways to do it. Google doesn't charge a subscription fee, and they, they're doing just fine. Yeah, no, okay, well, that's, you know, that's very, very interesting. I just I think one of the platforms will... I, uh, you know, I just don't know which one and why. And I'm not saying it's in the immediate future either, Ryan. I, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to look 10 years down the line. And, I can uh, see them charging businesses for access to their data or reporting or tools. And, you know, there's a, there's a desperate need for those kind of things. And I can see that without question. I could also see them, you know, charging for doing advertising in uh, innovative ways. I don't think that they can charge their, their users, though, because they would destroy the value that they've built. All right. Well, I really appreciate you spending um, three-quarters of an hour with us, Ryan. You've been really um, a lot of great information, very educational. Um, you could come on the show anytime to be the Internet marketing guru. I really appreciate you spending the time. Well, hey, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on the show. I think you're doing a great job. Well, thanks, Ryan. We'll talk real soon. Let's stay in touch, okay? Okay, great. All right. Sure. Everybody, have a great weekend. Be safe. And... Um, Don't get overheated here in the Southern California area. You all take care. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network 